Hi folks. Um, the only thing I have for a content warning this week is that um, my guest and I, Molly and I, talked a little bit about the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, the other thing to note is we have pets. Oh, Hi pets. Ever. Hi Sergey. Is anybody else in here, Sergey? Is it just you? Hound no. is here. Hound is here. Well, Hound is always here. Um, and they will interrupt. Which brings us to our third and final warning, which is we swear a lot. We do. We do. Um, because mostly it's at one or more of the animals. Sergey. Yeah, you. Don't look at me like that. Anyway. Hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Elp. Ah. <laughs> Productivity Alchemy episode 227. What is your show called, Kevin? Uh, blur, 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 blur. Um, uh, Productivity Alchemy. Um, sorry, no, I have, I have, you know how occasionally you'll eat something like tomato or apple or something with a really thin peel mm -hmm. and a little bit of it gets stuck like on your gums and you don't notice it until you're like starting to talk and then it's, you just can't help yourself. You're trying to get it out with your tongue and think about talking at the same time and it just doesn't work. Yes. Um, yeah, so that that was me. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I had a great conversation back in September with uh, Molly, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Cool. It was incredible. Um, uh, Molly Brudamesco, who is the um, uh, Senior Vice President of Customer Service um, at a company called Wonderkind, and I had their CTO on, or no, their CFO, their Chief uh, Financial Officer on several weeks ago, and he was fantastic. So uh, and it was a great conversation, and we'll have that for you in a little bit. Right now, though, here in the United States, it is the day before Thanksgiving. It is. And so, um, as, as you know, two weeks ago, instead of doing a letter show, Dino and I just YOLO'd an episode. Yes. And talked about cooking. And one of the things I'm actually doing is, this is like the first night I've finished work before dinner time. Um, mostly because there was really nothing left to do. And so... That's nice. Yeah. Uh, so I just went and I, I made dinner. I've got pie crust in the fridge doing its cool down. Um, I'm making a pie crust from scratch, uh, mostly to prove He's I can. He's a madman. I, I, mostly to prove I can. I've never actually done a pie crust from scratch like this. So, uh, and, and as per, as per our longstanding agreement for the very, for the very first one, I am following the instructions meticulously. Good, good. You know. Yeah, baking is not a thing you wing. Um... No, I mean, not until you are very, very good at it. Yes, uh, like you cooking can... is art, baking is science. And there's a, One of the things Dino and I talked about, and I don't remember if this was in the lost portion of the original interview or the new one, is that not exactly, because anytime you're dealing with cups and tablespoons and things like that, they leave fudge room, like wiggle room, because... If you know, if like, if you want the perfect precise baking, like on the Great British Baking Show, then they've got the scales out and it's X number of grams and it is very, very meticulous like that. For most home cooks, if you put in a little too much flour, or maybe not quite enough flour, or, you know, it's not exact. It's not like a packed, you know, perfectly level thing of flour. It it comes out okay. 
And at the end of the day, you know what? Uh, Duncan Hines makes a really good cake mix. And having made cakes from scratch, and having made Duncan Hines ca- like mixed cakes... Do you cakes, know how much science went into making that Oh, mix? I know how much science went into making that mix. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, you, you know, I really couldn't tell flavor-wise unless the sweat and tears added extra salt to the homemade one. <laughs> um, I really couldn't tell the difference between them. Now, now, the icing, I did a boiled icing, and that is a whole other world of hurt that, frankly, I was like, you know what? Buttercream's fine. Canned buttercream is fine. Boiled icing is a whole thing. So, yeah, but... I, I'm in the mood to cook. I'm not actually cooking for Thanksgiving, uh, for once. I mean, we'll see what happens. I usually, I'll show up, and for all I know, they'll shove something at me and say, here, make this into food. Uh, it it which, has been known to happen. Which has happened. Uh, but other than that, I think, you know, it's it will be a mostly cook-free day. So I'm just going to sit in the back and watch. Everything... Yeah, uh, please you know, please make a note of this, Internet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, we've yet to ever attend a family Thanksgiving where you did not amble into the kitchen at some point and it was all, Kevin, it is, you are now making the stuffing. I'm sorry. I just, I have. I'm not, I'm not saying you should be sorry. I, 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 no, I am glad you do this. I'm not making the stuffing. I'm just pointing out that. That you're, I'm not going to do any of the cooking thing is not borne up by empirical evidence. That's fair. Over That's fair. a decade of family Thanksgivings. And the fact that I can make stuffing as good as, if not better than, both my mother and grandmother using their base recipe probably has absolutely nothing to do with it. I haven't but, um, had either <laughs> stuffing, so I would not presume <laughs> to comment. Mom, if you're listening. Stop listening. Stop listening. Uh, but that's, I mean, so that's that's the thing. I have a four-day weekend. That's awesome. And I am doing absolutely no shopping on Friday. God, no. Uh, at least we're, we're not going to any of the, like, we need groceries, but we were not going to do that today. We are probably not going to do that on Friday either if we can avoid it. <laughs> Yeah, but that means we have to go for groceries on Saturday. That's fine. Saturday okay. or Sunday is fine. It, yeah. Black Friday. I mean, not that I think Food Lion has a lot of Black Friday sales. But right, right. But I mean, I mean we're it might not, be fine. I we're don't not know. going anywhere near the malls or the big shopping centers. Yes. In fact, I uh, I did uh, my usual writing schedule was thrown off today because in order to get a med refilled, uh, I had to uh, it. They didn't refill it. Right. And I, so I had to, cause they, it's a brain medication for anxiety. So they had to, I had to have a follow up appointment with my doctor so that they could, you know, make sure that I was fine and on the med, which, you know, I approve mm-hmm. of follow up appointments instead of just assuming that will fix it. But also the only opening they had was noon today. It is oh, yeah. currently uh, Wednesday. And mm-hmm. that meant, and they called it in, but she's basically like, I will get this in today because otherwise you have to pick it up on Black Friday. And I'm like, I have to pick it up today. Oh shit. Which meant I had to yep. go to Target today and Target does have a grocery section. That Target does, yes. And yes. Uh, so, yes. Not uh, all Targets do. But that one yeah, does. Yeah, that one does. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was an exciting adventure of adventureness. 
but and uh, and I still came home and wrote thirteen hundred words. I am as a tiny god. We were. I I, I absolved you of any need to write, though. Yes, but uh, you you. I mean, Catholicism. Oh, the whole guilt thing. Yes, yeah. I was <laughs> like, I I haven't done anything today but sit in a car and wait for my meds to be ready and look at I, the, you know. I spent most of yesterday in a car going to... Yes, but you actually put in a full day of work, too. No, I didn't. I put in a half day of work. Yes, but I didn't even put in a half day of work. Okay, well, I see. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, no slacking here, even if uh, it is a holiday here in the U.S., um, yeah. I might write on Friday, too. Uh, no, that's fine. That's fine. I am probably going to be cleaning coops Friday, so... Well, you know. It has to be done. That reminds me, you should set the uh, thing so that the chickens don't... Uh, the chicken doors don't open today. Open tomorrow. It don't open tomorrow? Why? Because otherwise... Uh, it's going to be dark by the time we get there for Thanksgiving, and but it's not going to be dark by the time we leave, so you will be fretting about your chickens for, like, five hours. We'll see how it goes, um, but... Do you remember when we had to catch the chickens early last time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took 45 minutes. Yeah. They all went in on their own tonight. If you want to rely on that, that's fine. I'm just saying. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I will take that under advisement. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, there's there's that sort of logistics. Um, and, yeah, uh, other than that, um, I guess I start my new... Uh, I start under my new manager on Monday. Woohoo! And so that'll be exciting. Uh, and you... Yeah, you've got the one book you were... Are you done with that book or almost done with that book? I'm almost done with that book, which means I haven't worked on it at all this week because I wanted to get it done this week. Oh, yeah, the one you shoved in my face and said, read this right now? Yes. Yeah, okay. And now I just need to finish it, and suddenly I want to work on, like, five other things of course. instead. Of course. Because... That's, that's how it always works, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that I think that's really all we've got going on right now. Um, I haven't gotten any new... Tricks. I haven't got any new, um, any new tools to review. Although I'm starting to dig around, I'm starting to actually look at things for um, starting to plan out my productivity series for OpenSource.com. Twenty-two articles, um, twenty-two ways to be productive in 2022, and I'm going to focus on automation this time because uh, I use it. I use so much of it that it's it's really like a thing. So I got to. Trying to figure out twenty-two different automation articles to write. Um, <laughs> you, you should. That's brutal, man. I, yeah, I know. I know. I, I'm a. Um, I, at the moment, though, I am. I am the record holder for the Iron Man articles. So, although now um, one of my other correspondents has decided that for she's going to do. Uh, she's talking about doing twenty-two ways to goof off in February. <laughs> 22 days of goofing off in February as sort of the counterpoint. And I'm I like, I, I, I see how it is. Um, <laughs> uh, because last year she was yelling at me about having, you know, the high article count and just getting it all taken care of in January and not having to worry about, did I get enough articles to continue to be a correspondent um, when 
that cycle ends yes, in but July. Yes, also January is brutal for you, and you're you you go around looking like a word count ghost. Not that I know anything about that. That's I'm very why, sympathetic. I was going to say that's why this year I have started in. I started this month in like I came up with the ideas around what the theme was going to be in October. This month I'm actually like outlining what articles, not the articles themselves, but what articles to write so that I can spend a lot of December writing them. All right. I, I wish you enormous amounts of luck. I, I hope that it works. I will be here with to, to soothe your fevered brow and say, yes, writing is hard. Yeah. Um, and mostly this is also for my editors. Ah, uh, yes, because they have to do it, you know, on like, the fly as well. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, like, the first year, since it was dropped in my lap as a, do you think you could do this, like, on January 1, which meant I had to have, like, things going in, like, what, 10 days or something like that? Like, get back from MAGFest and just write, like, the wind for the rest of the month. Um, I, I've been trying to be nice, nicer to my editors this year. Mm, yes. Um, at, uh, I believe they appreciate it too. I don't know if they listen, but I believe they appreciate it. So, <laughs> right, and that's that's pretty much what's going on here. I think. Yep. All right. I so, don't have anything else exciting? Yep. Um, Molly Brudomesco, like I said, um, senior vice president of customer service at Wonderkind, a mom of two, um, currently uh, living in Brooklyn, and um, has a whole bunch of things she does to keep herself on track and we had a fantastic conversation about that and we will have that for you right after this Today with Molly, and I'm not going to try to say Molly's last name because I forgot to ask before we started recording, and I don't want to mangle it. Um, and I'm really excited to have you here today, Molly. So, can you introduce yourself a hell of a lot better than I just did, and tell us what it is you do? Absolutely. I'm Molly, Molly Brutomesso. If it makes you feel better, I get the pronunciation right about one out of 10 times. So okay. uh, I had an equally complicated maiden name, so I'm used to complicated names. It's it's one of my core competencies. I am the Senior Vice President of Customer Success at Wonderkind, which is an amazing New York-based marketing technology company. We have explosive growth and a wonderful culture, and I love my job. Outside of work, I'm also a mother of two. I have a seven and a three-year-old. I live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which I also love and adore, uh, with my husband, who's a surfer and financial analyst, and emphasis on the surfer part where he likes to spend most of his time. Uh, so it's a it's a great uh, it's a great vibrant household that we live in. Yeah, yeah, and I guess um, in Williamsburg, you're really close to the good waves at Rockaway. Yes, close to those, and uh, and also Lido Beach, et cetera. Very used to mm -hmm. the 5 a.m. wake-up calls for good swell 
And if it's especially good, trips out to Montauk aren't too hard. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I lived in Queens uh, for a couple of years and never once got down to any of the beaches. Um, really? Yeah. New York beaches are surprisingly lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was the 90s, so we were still coming off the uh, the 70s. Oh, God, the beaches are horrible, horrible. Sure. But I also had the whole, like, you know, I'm the whole Rockaway Beach Ramones thing in the back of my head. So anyway. Yeah, that was my son's, my son's favorite song because we used to go to, we still do sometimes, but the Coney Island Aquarium, and they do oh. the Rockaway Beach song during the SEAL show. So it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a nice theme song in, our, in the Brutomesso household. Right. Cool. Um, so you have a lot going on, and I bet there are, probably a hobby or two in there that we're going to discover as we go on. Um, how do you keep all of that sort of organized? Well, uh, coming off of starting, starting school this week after 18 mm -hmm. months of, of quarantine and sort of different habits, I definitely don't feel confident in saying it's all quite pulled together, to be honest. But right, right. In, more, in more normal weeks, I do have a couple different ways of staying organized. They're, they're quite different, I guess, for work and for home. Mm -hmm. So don't know, choose your own adventure. Which one would you like to start with, work or home? Let's, let's start with home because I'm going to guess that home, there's, there's home time in the morning and then there's work and then there's home time in the evenings. So since that one sort of bookends everything, let's start there. I was going to say the same words, uh, bookend. Mm -hmm. So at a high level on the home front, what what I had realized doing a bit of a retrospective yearly was that overall to stay organized, we were choosing the hard button too often. So if there was the easy button or the hard button, we'd say my husband and I would pick the hard button, right? So the school that was further away, right? The, the hobby or activity for the kids that were really cool, but, you know, they didn't provide school pickup and that kind of thing. So right. we, we we did this evaluation and we realized that a lot of times happiness in a household comes from happy parents and happy parents leads to happy kids and happy parents comes from logistics being smooth, friction being less. So we have made a conscious effort, which is not necessarily in our blood to make things easier. So we choose schools <laughs> that are close. <laughs> we choose, try to choose uh, activities that, um, mm -hmm. that are, you know, seamless, of course, that our kids still like, but are able to do that. And we, we also, which is also, you know, my husband loves a good value and a good deal, but we will also pay if something allows it to be easier. So if my daughter's school, for instance, has a preschool lunch delivery service and we've decided to do that, right? So those are some of the things just at a high level that we've done. And then the normal pieces, Sunday night, try and put everything in order, anything that we can do, right? Line up line up the outfits, the clothes, talk about the plan for the week, do a little family meeting on what's ahead that we're that we're focused on expectation setting, all that kind of thing. Right, right. So my, my husband laughs at me. I use a lot of the business tactics that we have for our family. So we've got family core values and those kind of things, but I can talk about that later. So those are some of the things we do on the home front to stay organized. That's, that's, 
That's absolutely brilliant and also funny. As, as I mean, I've, I've obviously I've been through all of those exercises, and I mean, you can even see over there my Scrum Master certification. But applying it at that level is just beautiful and silly, if that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> yes. Uh, my husband would probably use a different word than silly, uh, but like <laughs> master, right? But, uh, mm -hmm. but yes, uh, I, I prefer your upbrand of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then work. Work. So on, I think the biggest way I stay organized at work, I'm a big mm -hmm. Stephen Covey fan, right? So. Yay. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. I, I actually, I've got a business trip coming up this week and I've put, I've put the seven habits back in my bag because I feel like I need a refresh every, every quarter, right? Uh, but on the focus on the important, not the urgent, which I have written out on my desk and a whiteboard, I, uh, I do on Fridays and it's a bit different doing it on Fridays, but I find it's, it's one of the times I have more, more time to kind of look back. I have an hour where I set out my big three for the following week. And those are oh, the yeah. most important things, not the urgent. And then once I've established those, I make sure that I have time blocks to deliver against those in the coming week. Mm -hmm. And to be frank, I don't know if you're seeing this, but I feel like with COVID, everything has just become, <laughs> you know, wall to wall, right? So sometimes I do, I'm not able to get ahead of that. And so I start looking at week two to make sure I'm identifying yeah. time for those pieces. And I found that is a necessity for my work life staying organized. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I end up at the end of the week accomplished a ton. Could I tell you if it moved our business forward or was making a difference changer to our team? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Right. So right. that I think is my most important habit for staying organized. But on the flip side, you don't expect to see those with an immediate impact. Right. 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 Those are much more long-term things. Right. And yeah. from an organization on a daily basis, mm -hmm. right, like there's there's probably only an hour a day, if that, total, that mm -hmm. are devoted to those big rocks. So on a daily basis, I have a list of 10 things that are more <laughs> tactical, right, that I need to get done. And that's above and beyond, of course, the back-to-back -back meetings uh, and mm -hmm. making sure I'm always doing meeting audits for both myself and my team on, could we mm -hmm. change the cadence of this? Could this be an email? Could this be uh, you know, a different uh, type of meeting that's a little bit more motivating? Right. But in addition to that kind of work of stop, start, sustain kind of work, mm -hmm. I look at 10 things that I'm trying to get done that day and just very tactically, you know, <laughs> go down the line on those pieces. And I have time blocked out on my calendar to do that as yeah. well, which I call triage time, right? It's it's not necessarily high value work, but I have to get it done, right? Right, right. Hold on, I need to make sure I write down time block because that one's huge. Um, and, and I actually found a new tool that I've started Ooh. using um, called... Now, I actually literally have to get up my phone and look at the appointment it sets up on my calendar. Actually, I have two. Um, have, do you use a Mac? This is sort of the important yes. question on that one. Yes. Okay. Have you found Opus One yet? No. Opus One is, oh, as Lord. far as I can tell, the best and closest implementation of the Franklin Planner digitally. 
That is great. I, I don't want to interrupt and click around, but I'm putting this on my to-do right. list for tomorrow right. to look into this. This it sounds is, like it might be a big rock and important in my big three for next week. Right. Well, I'm implementing. It, it, it's something I've been looking for for years, and they had a, a not-as-functional version previously that I sort of dipped in and out of, but the, the newest version does everything. It has a compass tab, it has a master tasks tab, it has a meeting planner tab, it talks to your online calendars, which is important. Like, and I, so I saw it and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then the other one, which is really good for time blocking, is, let's see, this one says, there we go, edit it so that it tells me, clockwise. Mm, okay, perfect. Clockwise is an online service that um, I'm experimenting with, but it will go through and it will it will identify meeting types. It will identify where you have free time so that it can block out focus time for you. Oh, that would be useful because I do that on a very manual basis right now. And mm -hmm. I, I've played around with some tools, but to your point, they don't necessarily follow the value sequence that I'm right. looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're using a tool that doesn't have the same value, then you end up with right. living by different, you know, your calendar is owned by somebody else. <laughs> exactly. And and one of the things I like about Opus One is it immediately goes straight into the let's identify your mission and your vision and your values that you would do with a Franklin planner, which I'm betting you already have. I stopped using one, but that was what it, my go to. And then yep. I just found it was too analog and I looked archaic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm excited about this Opus One. I'm definitely yeah, looking yeah. into that. I, I saw a quote the other day, which I loved, which I might butcher, but uh, the bad <laughs> news is that time flies. The good news is that you're the pilot, right? And it, right. it occurred to me, it's like sometimes I do feel like the pilot and sometimes I just feel like I'm the passenger that realizes that nobody's actually fly, flying the plane, right? So putting myself right. back in that pilot seat is important. And even, you know, thinking about talking to you and about the things mm -hmm. that I have done well in the past and areas mm -hmm. that I need to improve is interesting, right? To, to right. say, how could I be a better pilot of my time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I guess that really lends us into that sort of much more tactical tool discussion in right. what systems and habits are important to you. Like I said, the Stephen Covey piece is important, and I, mm -hmm. I want to do a refresh on a few of those pieces to see what else I can put into my calendar. But the big three prioritization on Fridays is important uh, yeah. in the way that I do that. I also do a yearly look at each of the roles that I have in my life and what goals and what goals I want to accomplish and break those down into uh, tasks and milestones. Mm -hmm. I used to use a, a tracker tool, a an app for that. And I moved away from it. I might go back, but I found that it was, uh, that I was focusing a little too much on the granular and not the larger pieces, which we'll come to in a second. But, um, right. but some of the fun things I do on the, on the family front. So I don't know yeah. about you. I'm sure running this, you've, you've read Marie Kondo and I'm sort of fascinated by these people like, that do. My wife read it. My wife read it. I've watched the TV show, and but not read the book. So there was a point where I was actually getting rid of um, a pair of blue jeans that I actually did stop and do the thank you for your service because um, 
slight tangent, we were in Tibet in 2019, and while we were crossing a stream, it's April, so it's snowmelt. While we were crossing mm-hmm. a stream, I slipped. And so my jeans got wet from about the knee down, but my shoes, my socks, my underlayer, all of those were bone dry. And this was the pair of jeans that I was wearing at the time. So I, I had sort of a, an attachment to that pair of jeans because it basically saved my feet. Um, <laughs> right. Um, but so, but at some point you just can't hold on to a pair of jeans saying you saved me from hypothermia and frostbite, but I literally cannot wear you anymore. So yeah, I went through the whole Marie Kondo, thank it for its service before I pitched it. <laughs> I love that story. I, 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 not as dramatic, but have similar ones on, on those pieces, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Wetters or shirts that got me through my twenties of the, bad dates or good dates or presentations where, you know, went well or didn't go well. Uh, So I do think it's useful. And we were living a couple months in Costa Rica this last year trying to make lemonade out of lemons. And I got into a lot of the woo-woo stuff, you know, what's considered (laughs) woo-woo. But, you know, it does it does help. It does help. So Mm -hmm. um, so I, I like the Marie Kondo stuff, but folding each of my socks, moving from layering them to rolling them into happy sushi rolls isn't necessarily practical, right? For, right. for my life with, with four folks in my household that I would have to be doing their sushi rolls for them. And if you haven't read the book, it's, you know, your, your socks are unhappy if you fold them onto each other. So you do these cute little roll ups and roll them into happy sushi rolls. Uh, so that's the reference it's there. It's very Shinto. It's very Shinto. Yes. Yes. And wow. I mean, boy, in, in a, in a, when my kids, when I become an empty nester, I would love to become a happy sushi roll, uh, sock drawer person, but <laughs> not, not right now. Uh, and the other one that I find fascinating and I love simplicity, right. And simplicity and design and function, Are you still there? Yes. I'm sorry. My computer no, okay. just did something weird. Okay. It happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it's taking a Friday timeout. Uh, so the um, one of the things that I have found really interesting is watching these people that cut down to a hundred items in their household, right? Right. You know, one fork, etc. Right. And that what do you actually need in your life? Which I find really, really interesting, but it's not very practical for for our lives, right? So I've sort of switched that and turned it to an 100 game where once a quarter, we run through, we set a timer and we find 100 things each that (laughs) we can get rid of. And there's a great women's shelter that's by us that's open all the time. So we do this and then we take it there and it feels very good because they use almost everything Mm -hmm. um, because they're allowed to take children there. And it also gamifies it, right? So my husband and I are right. running around. We're trying to get my son into it as well. He he he, he does kind of four or five things, right? Uh, but it's, it's it makes it fun, right? And yeah, there yeah. is that feeling and that lightning around, you know, what has come into the house and what what can be decluttered. And you know, unless you are removing things, you become a master, another job that you have in your long list of jobs as a person is, is managing items in your household. So I like that one. It's a fun one. Yeah. yeah. And then, like I said, one of the systems that's been sort of a game changer is doing family mm. core values. 
And the reason I think it became a game changer is when, when, when I had kids, I, I kind of handled the, the home front, as I said, very much as a to-do list like work. And right, right, what right. I found was a lot would be accomplished, but then it was accomplished around things that didn't necessarily matter, right? So mm-hmm. now we track fun, right? Fun is really important to us. So how many days are we having fun? How many new traditions are we forming, right? What are you actually tracking to make sure it actually aligns to something that you care about, right? And so it, I, we have these family values in different places in our household and everybody laughs at it, but you know, they like it, right? So make it fun and positive, be kind, tranquilo, which is a growth area, area for us. We're a family of overreactors. Own it, which is taking accountability, explore, be curious, try hard and keep it simple. So those are the seven core values and on vacations and Kind of in a key yeah, yeah, times yeah. of the year when we're going on road trips, we we give out family values awards. <laughs> you know, and uh, mine are out of the house. Mine, my my youngest is now a sophomore in college. My oldest is goodness, he's going back to school to get his um, commercial electrician's license because that's something he really fits with. Um, mm-hmm. to really find himself, but, um, I'm kind of laughing at it going, I want to talk to you about how that's going when they hit the teenager years, when it's, you know, cause there's, there's a whole shift that, that happens there. Um, you know, and if it carries through or, or, you know, how that rolls, but I mean, you understand that you've been a teenager, so. <laughs> oh, I, it, I mean, I think you just, yeah, (laughs) who was this? I think it was Nora Ephron that was saying Mm -hmm. you can spend a lot on therapists when your kids are teenagers and about how they hate you and you kind of can't stand them either. Mm -hmm. And, you know, go, go deep in it. And it's still going to be the same result that those years go through that and one year they just come out of it and you become friends, right? So yeah, yeah. You can do the therapy or not, the result the result ends up largely being the same. So I yeah. have I have no hope that this would be uh this would be something that that my sixteen year old, I mean my daughter already is three and a half and says her next birthday is sixteen. So, you know, oh, we're yeah. in trouble, right? You're, yeah, <laughs> you're 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 in real trouble there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um cool are there are there any other now that i've completely derailed that um any other like <laughs> systems and habits that are that are really important or any tools that you didn't really cover yet well if we ever talk again i'm hoping this opus one would be one I, the, <laughs> yearly, <laughs> the yearly piece is important. Um, and then yeah. I usually do a big review yearly of what I want to accomplish in each sector of my life and make sure there's um, there's a strategy and ways to accomplish that. So you can look back on the year and um, see that it's moved that forward. So, you know, I, I have done a better job identifying time for some personal growth pieces that I want to accomplish as a result of that. So using some of those right. time blocking strategies as well. Uh, but I think we covered the big ones. 
Do you do you ever do a quarterly or something to say, you know what, everything has shifted and what I set out at the beginning of the year isn't working anymore or is no longer applicable? Well, certainly April of 2020, <laughs> uh, that was... <laughs> That yeah. was the case because when I did mine in 20, uh, I'm an avid traveler. And when I did that in 2020, uh, in January, I wanted to do some alone trips that was more adventurous travel, getting back to a little bit more off the beaten track. So had to pivot there for sure. And I think for everyone, that was a real look at what it kind of going back to the studs of what's important and what what can you learn from this year. So we did, my husband and I did a lot of active, how can we make lemonade out of lemons with this? Like what's important to us and what can we do um, to make that? So it, which I think is a good piece to carry forward on doing a quarterly, what's changed and what should come off of it, right? That was one of the pieces that I found when I first had our son, right? That I was accomplishing a lot, but I wasn't necessarily, it wasn't the right kind of kinds of accomplishments. I, I didn't yeah. know, right? I was a new mom, right? And, oh, yeah. and, and so, you know, I changed those things to be much more around mm -hmm. it, how are we spending time together? How are we spending that right time together? And then yeah. rewarding myself for if there was <laughs> tasks that somebody else could do better for actually... Mm -hmm having them do that, right? Not taking pride in doing it all myself. Yeah. Um, we actually had um, our washer-dryer break in about July of last year. Oof. Yeah. And what? Lemons out of, or lemonade out of lemons, um, while it was going to take us a while to get first a repair and then a replacement, because 2020, um, we found a laundromat down the road that does the full service thing like I used to get when I lived in New York. Yep. And it's inexpensive compared to, you know, like I look at how much time I have to spend just doing my own laundry at home and then or sitting in the laundromat doing it. And then it's like, this is significantly like it saves me time. It's supporting a local small business. And oh, my God, the way they fold the laundry so much better than I ever could. Absolutely. Right. I mean, the yeah. sensation of opening that up when it actually feels clean versus being a pile, you can't you can't undervalue that. Right. We, we do the same <laughs> in our household. That's one of the pieces mm -hmm. is, you know, we we do. I do my own laundry, um, but my husband mm -hmm. um, does his his clothes and the kids clothes uh, sends, right. sends them out, you know, it's around the corner and my kids have a mm -hmm. relationship with the dry cleaner and probably yeah, because yeah. they have lollipops. Right. But <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I hadn't it, realized how much I also missed that. I can drop it off and come back later and it's just magically done. Mm hmm. Yeah. I worked on, uh, previously if I, I was on the ad agency side and I worked on Tide and Ariel and other markets and developing markets and I'm fascinated by laundry, but mm -hmm. it's fascinating how much time people spend around the world on laundry. Not surprisingly in the US because we actually have automated laundry, yeah. um, and washer dryers. It's a lot less, but you know, certain countries they're spending 20 women are spending 25 hours a week on laundry. Right. So, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, identifying those things that are big time gaps, um, that are extra jobs that, you know, a lot of times women are still taking on uh, is important. 
Yeah, it was uh, that was one of the things I did notice when we were in Tibet is that there is while there is always the patriarchal I am going to do the thing and I am the rich one, it's um the women who are like the primary caretakers for uh, the yaks which are the economy of rural Tibet or um you know, and the homes and all of that and how um, a little old Tibetan woman can chastise a yak and have it say, you know, this giant beast go, oh, I, I, I have done wrong. Um, and also her husband with the same tone, which is interesting. Um, but I mean, that's but that's the whole the whole thing. Yeah, there's there's um, we often even in this country uh, undervalue the efforts and amount of work that women put into keeping society going just yeah. on a general basis the the <laughs> unseen work it is mm-hmm. it's intense i it, yeah. you know though the and it's shocking too you just don't realize how much of it uh really happens right it's it's right. not even a second job it's a second and third job right being mm-hmm. uh being on those pieces so it, yeah. it it's a very I'm in a privileged place to say that there are, you know, I can send the laundry out. Right. But it is some of my top work advice to, to working moms is if there's pieces that you can outsource beyond the nurturing your kids, do it. Even if you're, even if it's a little bit of credit card debt, because I've, it Mm -hmm. is, it keeps you in the workforce and it keeps you being a good parent. And I had a smarter friends that did that sooner than I did. And it's definitely Uh been a learning. Yep. Oh, there's that magic noise of something happening on the street in New York. I, yeah. Um, cool. Um, well, then now we're starting to get into the much softer or more fun questions. Um, what does a typical day look like? And we've already talked a little bit about that, but. Right. So typical day, uh, during the week, uh, it's a bit of a marathon in the morning. So wake up around six, try and get myself, uh, ready and then do breakfast for the kids, getting dressed for the kids, uh, dealing with whatever meltdown. Somebody's usually having a meltdown, right? And then yeah. getting things, um, uh, getting their lunches packed and, and out the door, uh, taking them and doing drop off, right? They go to two mm-hmm. different schools, but they're close. And then uh, most days I'm going into the office. So I work in the right. World Trade Center, beautiful, um, beautiful office. Oh. And there's nothing like COVID for actually enjoying your commute and being on the on the J train. When I drop off my my kids, I take the J train. When oh, I don't, yeah. when I'm not on kid duty, I take the L train. And I'm actually a super fan of the L. It's got a lot of bad rap, but I mean, the, the yeah, efficiency yeah. of that train so I go to my favorite coffee shop. Love it. I love the anonymous community in New York. Uh, so I, I, you know, Joe that runs this coffee shop and has for generations, love it and love that, uh, tradition. And then I go in, um, full work day, right? Lots of, mm-hmm. lots of meetings. Love my colleagues. It's, it's a great and motivating place to be. We have beautiful views of the city. I oh, love yeah. New York City. So there's nothing like it, right? For me, it just, is magical. So I love to travel, but I always love coming back. Oh, what? sorry. Are you in the new tower? Yep. Because I, yep. I lived in New York in uh, from 94 to about 96, and I had customers in the old towers. Um, mm-hmm. But I've never actually been in the new tower. 
Which well, I if you come to New York, we will definitely take you on a tour. We're right. on the 74th and 75th floor. Oh, I think it's God, better yeah. than the observation deck because the mm-hmm. office is done beautifully. We've got a little coffee bar and and yeah, yeah. uh that turns into a little wine bar at, at night and it's just uh it's just beautiful. So and I was also in the city during that time and yeah um it is certainly with the twentieth anniversary too, it is yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh lots of feelings, right? <laughs> lots of feelings. Yeah, and yeah. but um, a lot of feelings of pride around the city and the resilience and I think especially coming out of the pandemic, it's not lost on what what we've gone through as a community. So Yeah. And I I have to say right. Don't don't much on on those. And then uh and then I leave uh around six. Usually uh my husband uh um is doing the pickup and then we um we try and do family dinner. Uh and that happens sometimes, sometimes not. Uh and then do uh the um, you know, we, we try and either do games or something fun. If it's nice, we try and get outside. We're lucky to be a, by a few parks. Yeah. Uh, so we try and do kind of a walk after dinner, or do, you know, a little bit of baseball, et cetera. So <laughs> that's fun. And then we do bedtime routine and then weekends we're, we're big travel family. So with COVID, that means staying closer, but a lot of times we are going to beaches and beaches, beach season for us extends uh, and starts in April and ends in yeah. November, uh, wave chasing, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a fun thing to be on beaches, even in off season and shoulder season. So it's, oh, yeah. it's a happy place. I, I actually, uh, one year I was so excited about it. This was when I was significantly younger and could do this. And I, and me and some friends were just like, uh, uh, living in Raleigh, uh, we're three hours from the nearest beach. So it was much of a, it is like the first week of March and I want to put my foot in the ocean. Now, as you know, we can do that on the East Coast mm-hmm. because we have the Gulf Stream. Uh, for uh, those of you listening in California where the ocean wants to kill you and is a freezing, freezing, vile thing, um, y'all just ignore this. Uh, so yeah, no, we drove at like, left here at 10 o'clock, drove to Wilmington, ran, put our feet in the water, came back, drove home, got in at like, I don't know, 4 a.m. This is when I was able to do that sort of thing and not die. <laughs> oh, I know. Like but red yeah. eyes. How did I used to do that? I would do it on a weekly basis. I mean, now I'm out for a month if I have to do a red eye. Right. But different times, right? Different yes. times. Yeah. yeah. And um, I do miss the travel. I do, because we used to also travel a lot. So, um but now, but I mean, it's nice. One of the nice things about New York is you can sort of travel without traveling. You can just, you can grab a train to the Bronx Zoo or you can Absolutely. just go to the beach right there. Or if you really have to go across to Jersey, sorry, Jersey. Um, oh, my in-laws are there. Don't worry. I, uh, yeah, I understand that uh, big time. Yeah, but well, okay. Jersey is beautiful once you get outside of the Newark Jersey City, whatever sprawl. Um, so I agree, uh, yeah. and I do think with the travel piece, right? The we did instead of flying somewhere, we went up the coast and went up to Acadia National Park and oh. went down the coast and went to some New Hampshire beaches. Just things we, mm-hmm. we never would have prioritized before. So yeah, I think I think that one of the benefits of having kids is seeing the world through their eyes, and they don't need mm-hmm. the big. Tibet or India, right? And, right, and right, India, right. You can always, you know, those places, of course, you're 
thrown into this new way of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. But going to flushing and seeing the world in a different way is is a bigger <laughs> value, right? Is, that's, is a, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember the first time I took my kids to Disney World. And, you know, it's it's a twelve hour drive, so they're uh, but that light up on their face, like the moment you walk through and it's the castle at the end, is because they are experiencing something 100% completely new that maybe you've experienced five times before been to Disney a lot uh, when I was younger. Um, and maybe you yourself are experiencing for like only the first or second time, but their joy is infectious when it's something mm-hmm. really, really new like that, right? Um, even if it's yep. that crappy roadside attraction south of the border, <laughs> the South Carolina state line, so... Which is a landmark. I mean, growing up in Ohio oh, and yeah. driving down, you, you, oh, yeah. you, every kid, right? I mean, it is, yeah. <laughs> it, it is amazing. So I couldn't agree more. And that's been, I'm not great at seeing the world with fresh eyes and, but it's a strong value to have. And so having my kids that help me do that, right. It, yeah, yeah. It, and, and thank goodness, like with the pandemic, I don't think if I hadn't started working on that already, it mm-hmm. would have been even worse. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Now we're getting to the really fun ones. Um, at least I think they're fun. I don't know if you think, if you'll think they're fun until, until we're done. Um, but, um, what is the best advice you have been given and or the best advice you would give somebody else? And these can be two separate pieces of advice. It's okay. <laughs> right. So I think the first one actually is advice that I was given that mm-hmm. I haven't done a, a great job at taking. The person that gave it to me also doesn't do a great job at taking it. But <laughs> when I had this great job, I mentioned I worked for an ad agency and I would travel around the world uh, going to developing markets and understanding how women did their laundry. And then we would come up with campaigns with the agencies across the board on on marketing those pieces, and it was right. products for women in the poorest billion. My colleague at the time, uh, who ran the strategy group, had kids, and we would finish up, you know, doing a presentation at two in the morning in Istanbul, and then she would get on the phone and help our kids with homework. Right. I was like, how do you do this, right? She's like, one, I don't feel like I do it well, but you have to get really comfortable with 80% of your effort is equal to 100% of somebody else's, both on the work front and the mom front. And you have to remove the guilt that of that other 20%, knowing that you used to work harder, et cetera. And I don't do a good job taking that advice, but I Mm -hmm. think of it all the time when I hit the wall where I feel like I'm not being a great mom, I feel like I could be doing more on the work front is just being easy on myself and taking away the guilt. So that person, yeah. I had, uh, I got to see her for the first time in a while and mentioned that this was a great piece of advice. And she said, I don't remember saying that. That's great advice. I, I absolutely didn't. <laughs> <enact it>. I, but, <laughs> but one of the other pieces. The case, yeah. It's yeah. Really hard. Yeah. One of the other pieces that probably, uh, um, formed why I'm a very productive person is my father loves organizing as many activities in a day as possible. Right. He was, he was raised in upstate New York in a very, uh, 
you know, there wasn't a lot of fun in the in the family and that kind of thing and ability to do experiences and not things. And his mantra to me was was always, I hope you have a life that's never boring. I hope you find somebody that never bores you, et cetera. So this is this is led to, you know, a joke, right, where I choose things that are a little bit frenetic and a little bit wild. Right. But I do think that having that lens that makes sure you're curious in life and you have a life that Mm -hmm. is interesting to you uh, has been has been good advice and has led to me having a life that even yeah. within the boundaries of being a working mom and having two mm-hmm. kids, I've able I've been able to be a bit of a boundary walker there. Yeah. yeah. And that's I we always laugh at never a dull moment, whether it's uh, uh, something exciting that we're doing or whether it's a tragedy. Right. Because it's it's or whether it's, you know, um, we're we're often called the the house of misfit the island of misfit pets just because all of our pets have something that makes them truly truly unique and so but whether it's you know we've just adopted a cat with one eye um because they were born without an eye or whether it's because i now have through a series of of inadvertencies i think i'm up to six roosters five roosters in my flock of 18 or 19 chickens so yeah um that's a new one yeah some of those are gonna go not not gonna lie um you're not squeamish about like you're not vegan or vegetarian are you that's a different story i am right now um but i never was it's a it's a turn of events right right okay so um, yeah, there there are practicalities when you have livestock of some sorts, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure there will be. Um, hopefully, we will not have to turn the young rooster pot pie into his namesake because he gets angry and violent, right? Which is a problem <laughs> with roosters. Uh, yes. But yeah, it's 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 always it's never boring, but sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's it's just the circumstances. Yes. And I, I think to that point on intentional, right? Mm-hmm. I think that kind of easy button, hard button has been a useful mm-hmm. way of thinking. Are we intentionally choosing something that's more difficult because that will lead to more fun or something interesting, right? right? right. Versus just constantly being like, this is in my core, this is in my DNA that you just yeah, go yeah. the most challenging route. So uh, that's that's the life improvement that I've been trying to focus on is yeah. intentionally choosing chaos. <laughs> or at least, right uh, but controlled chaos. I like controlled chaos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, chaos with boundaries. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, all right. Now for what I often call the easy but sad question. At least that's my view on it after all of this. Um, how do you deal with failure or and or when you miss a goal? This is, I love this question because, uh, and again, this, I have two different things that I do for work and, and, and my family life, but on work, I, I have a mantra with my teams of never make the same mistake twice. And something I did in a previous role was if we lost a client, we would, I would have the, the director on that account do a presentation to the rest of the team on, what went wrong and how to make it not happen again. Right. Right. And if 
we didn't lose a client because of those same circumstances as a result of that, I would actually try and give them their bonus back that they would have missed out on because of that. Right. So really supporting the, if you have created a system for not making that same mistake twice, Mm -hmm. you should be rewarded for that. Right. You know, right. Um, right? So I always want to make sure we're doing new mistakes if we're doing mistakes. So in my Mm -hmm. current life, we do, again, never make the same mistake twice, a ton of analysis on where we are having challenges, how can we make sure that doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. With COVID, right, we we had a lot of challenges right. losing clients that were in severe financial decline or going through yep. bankruptcy. So we put in more around how can we help clients through this era? How can we work mm-hmm. through them? And then now we've moved into actually being able to support them in those bankruptcy conversations, help them have conversations with PE right. firms and keep them. So that's been great. Mm-hmm. Right. So never make the same mistake twice. Um, and that's how I deal with failure is supporting it, but not just not just saying, oh, we support failure, but how do you make sure that you're not making yeah. that failure the same way twice? You're making new failures. Right. And that means you're pressing the envelope on a personal front. And I kind of mentioned this. What I found a couple of years ago was that I was failing in a goal, but it was the wrong goal. And so it was more of that going back and realizing that I maybe had the wrong goals in place because it I I didn't make the goal. I don't know if it was, you know, losing weight or this this kind of thing, but it wasn't necessarily the right thing that was going to drive greater happiness. So that's some of the stuff that led into redefining the goals. What was this right? right, right. What, you know, what, am I, am I just kind of losing, losing the big picture here? I, and I, I, that's actually, it's like a retrospective or a, a postmortem in both cases. Am I doing mm-hmm. the right thing? We didn't, we know we didn't do the right thing at work. Right. And so let's make sure we, do the right thing next time. And let's make sure that if we're going to do the wrong thing, it's something different. Um, and I love the fact that when possible, you would reward the people if the system they put in place actually prevented that situation. That's so in marketing and sales, that, that is so rare. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, well, I feel like there's all these fail fast, you know, break, mm-hmm. break glass, all that kind of thing. Right. And yeah, yeah. even, Zuckerberg has had to walk that back a lot, right? Because you you really can't just continue to break the same thing, right? And right. and a lot of times there's there's words, but you're still seeing people's head rolls when they make mistakes, right? Yeah, That's yeah, not yeah, changing, yeah. right? So how do you actually say there's a safety around making mm-hmm. making mistakes? Yeah, and and part of that's building the right culture, a culture around, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Nice. All right. The happy but difficult question. And don't feel bad if your answer to this is much more of a, as a, I need to do better because you will not be alone. Um, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? So much improvement needed. I need to be on a pick for this one. My, my favorite meeting, uh, that we have at work is a wins meeting with the, with the whole team every two weeks. So I think I do a better job celebrating the team successes. I love those meetings. We get so much energy out of them. Everybody is encouraged Mm -hmm. to share a win, even if it's getting through a tough call with a client. Right. And, and there's just so much great stuff that comes from those. And it really, 
livens me up. But I don't think from a personal front or even for my personal accomplishments at work mm-hmm. that I've done a lot there. And I think there's needs improvement. I have friends that do some really interesting pieces on identifying a certain amount of their bonus where they mm-hmm. have to spend it on something that is has to do with they would never normally spend it, spend it on right. something like that. Right. So, you know, it could be an experience, which I love those of, mm-hmm. you know, doing a week long tennis, tennis camp, et cetera. Uh, we do do um, on our family front where uh, we can celebrate if we are mm-hmm. uh, coming in on, you know, vacations and that kind of thing. We celebrate, right. you know, when things have gone well and allow whoever has done the best around family values to choose where we go to dinner <laughs> and some of those kind of things. Right. But yeah, on a yeah. larger level, it, mm-hmm. it's interesting. There's so much focus on, Oh, how do you improve on failures? How do you do goals? But there's not a lot of focus on how do you celebrate? How do you do the parties? Right. And, yeah. what, and what is that? Right. And even if it's just a, a private moment of I have just finished the call I have just you know finished this goal just I'm going to step over into the kitchen I'm going to go yes and treat myself to um that very expensive dark chocolate that I'm not normally allowed to give myself you know just just that moment to recognize even within yourself that I did it uh it's yes it's really important. I love that example yeah I mean, this is pathetic, but in my big mm-hmm. three that I do on Friday, I also, mm-hmm. in the three that I had laid out, I either mark them red, yellow, or green. And the moment that I turn one of those green is a big celebration internally for me, right? Whereas something I said was important and I actually got it done, right? And, but I think <laughs> that's sort of sad that a box on, you know, a Google Doc would, would bring, be considered as a successful win celebration. I, 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 you know, I don't know. I've talked to a lot of people who are using the paper planners. Um, mm. A lot of people using bullet journals these days. I, I was, did bullet journals for a while. Oh, you know what right. I do? I can't believe I didn't mention this because this has been a big thing is um, the five minute journal. So okay. I don't know if you've heard about this one. So you start, it's five minutes overall in the day. You start with um, three things that you're grateful for, three things mm-hmm. that will make the day great, and two uh, mantras or uh, right, right. Uh, what do you call them? Affirmations, right? And then you end the day with three amazing things that happened that day and two things that you could have done better, right? But the three right. amazing things that happened in the day, it's it really is interesting to have a celebration of I, I said I wanted to connect with my kids better today, or I said I wanted to crush that meeting, and I did, yeah. right? And that has been really impactful. And somebody else gave me that tip on those journals, and it I, I gift them to everybody now. Yeah, that's one of the things I need to get better at is I keep hearing about gratitude journaling and a lot of people who are doing it. And it's I've, I, I've looked at it both as it can be helpful for some people, and it, it could just be, you know, the next wave of post bullet journal fashionable productivity mm-hmm. tips. But I do need to try it because while I try to express my gratefulness all the time, I don't I, I don't necessarily feel like I'm doing a good job of recognizing things out of how grateful I am to other people and not just 
even to myself sometimes, right? And so that's something oh, I want to look at. You, I would start here. I've similarly tried the longer gratefulness journals, and then it just right, gets right. into it, the simplicity and only having three lines that you can fit in. It, you right. don't have the pressure of, oh, I have to write 40 pages on all the wonderful things <laughs> going on in my life, right? So right, it's right. and they start with what the scientific research is. So that's a great one. Oh, you know what I'm... I should mention that I did for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you ever heard, uh, I think it was Stephen Collins, or, or sorry, um, Jim Collins, maybe. the. Uh, anyway, I forget where who it came from. It, I, I think I saw it in an interview with Stephen Covey. So it was one of his friends. Right, right. But they, um, he does what's called a bug journal. So he writes a one line every day on what he did. So okay. it has to be super simple. So, you know, got up, took my dog for a walk, did this presentation and whatever the highlights are. And it's at the end of the day and then gives a plus two, a plus one, a minus one or a minus two. And then okay. looks at at the end of each month, what days, what the commonalities are for the plus two days and what the commonalities are for the minus two days. And the reason this person called it a bug book was it's like looking at yourself like a bug. So what are things that are driving happiness and or, you know, your top Mm -hmm. days? And then what are things that are driving unhappiness and how do you 10x the the things in the top bucket and how do you eliminate the other ones? And that gave me some really interesting insights. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And was it was a good tool. And a lot of that I've kind of incorporated into my life now. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, there's there's that chance you might feel like you did a lot but you're miserable Mm -hmm. versus i didn't do much but what i did had a lot more impact right Right. so i feel like a good day versus a bad day yeah right this i remember one of the things that i realized i before the pandemic i used to walk around on friday afternoons and sort of sit next to my team um it's it's a big team so i don't get to know everybody and that was a great way to a get to know them and b to understand what was going on in their lives because if people are panicked or what's going on at work because if people right. are having a tough time on a friday afternoon usually it's a problem in the business right but i also loved getting to know people through that more relaxed friday afternoon time and that led to me making sure i was blocking that on my calendar mm-hmm. doing it uh, and has been an insight into how i can bring that now with this more remote lifestyle into this new format. Yeah, because I will notice that um, my company was remote first Mm. before the pandemic because we were already global and it didn't make sense to spend a lot of money on offices everywhere. And so like, and even my, in my prior job, I I've basically been working from home for 10 years now, um, which is great. Let me tell you if you're, you know, it works, fits my personality, but it took a lot to learn the um, like how to change those communication gaps. Mm-hmm. Right? I know a lot of companies are having to and, and organizations are having to learn um, because it isn't something that was because it was always face to face, face to face, face to face. So, yeah, like we're always in, in contact, whether it's Slack, whether it's ad hoc Zoom meetings, whether it's, you know, um, other, you know, emails we've keeping those lines of communication and spending time with like one-on-one time and not just, Oh, it's time for that big status meeting or whatever is really important. Um, 
And learning to maintain it virtually is really difficult. Probably lots of learnings you can coach us all all on, but definitely, <laughs> definitely, it's yeah. it's been a journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that is everything. Except, Wonderful. Except our, our new for 2021. I guess it's really not that new for 2021 anymore, since 2021 is almost is is heading towards the end now. Um, we're in the home stretch. Um, at least we will be when this airs. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right. Um, so, I uh, as as we discussed prior, I always ask for our listeners for or our guests for charity because we're in a great place. Uh, we're in a good spot, and so we want our listeners and everyone to give to people who really, really need it much more than we do. Um, so, what charity would you like our listeners to support? Right now, Mm -hmm. AfghanWomen.org, just the steps back that women and children in Afghanistan are facing Mm -hmm. as a a huge proponent of women empowerment and not only for the betterment of women and children, but also for society overall. I uh, really encourage you to support uh, that group and having Mm -hmm. worked and traveled extensively in the Middle East, the steps backward that oh, that yeah. community is having to take is just heartbreaking. So anything that can be done right now mm-hmm. on that front is, is really impactful. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, it, cool that you're supporting that. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's everything. Where can we find you online if you choose to share? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I am on LinkedIn as Molly Brutomesso. Uh, I am low key, not really a Twitter person. I follow along on that front. Uh, but so LinkedIn is more of my, my speed. And mm-hmm. if you're interested in seeing, uh, you know, the, the, the outtakes of being a mom and, uh, an exec on Instagram, mm-hmm. you can do that as well. I'm MN Brutomesso on that front, uh, as well. But LinkedIn, uh, is the best place really. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I spend a lot more time on Twitter than I do Instagram. Instagram is sort of my, my consume while Twitter is my, is my interact. So, um, I, I used to be that way and mm-hmm. it shifted for me. I don't know at what point. Uh, so, uh, and I, I should probably go back, but, but I'm going to be honest right now that, that that's, mm-hmm. that's where I am. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's fair. Uh, the big win for me was I found a couple of plugins for my browsers that basically help a lot with filtering the noise on Twitter. So, Oh, that's an interesting one. I'll have to look mm-hmm. at some of those tools as well. I do. Yeah. I have moved my social media section on my phone, all the apps into one of those tornado things that says time suck, right? So I'm <laughs> right. <laughs> making yeah. sure that then it's intentional when I'm going in mm-hmm. there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. What a pleasure speaking to you. No, it's it's a lot of fun. And anytime you want to come back or if you want to recommend somebody, just just reach out. We'll be more than happy to, to have you back. I will. What an energized conversation. I learned so much as well. I'm going to have to come back and report on how these tools go and how it's impacting <laughs> the Brutomesso family values tree. <laughs> oh, this is this is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, and for the people at home, we'll be back right after. 
Big thanks to Molly uh, for joining us. It was a fantastic conversation and absolutely wonderful. And I am just over the moon that I've I've been able to get uh, both Molly and um, crap. Now I can't remember his name. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the the people at Wonderkind are just awesome people, and uh, I've been really really appreciating uh, they're taking their time out to talk to me. And I got some good ones. I have some really good ones coming up too. So I'm really excited about that. This week, our word. Our word this week. Uh, in honor of the holiday that I'm going to be spending most of tomorrow basically doing, and in honor of the four-day weekend I have, yes. um, uh, it is Turkey Day. And for those of you who are not in the States and not uh, having Thanksgiving, I apologize for this Thanksgiving-themed word, but there you go. Um, let me also check... To make sure we haven't used that one before, because sometimes it would it would suck. I, yes. I I forgot to check before we we actually decided on the word, so I feel uh, a little bad about that. Um. <laughs> so uh, how you been, Internet? How's the weather where you are? It got cold here. It did. Uh, we yeah. finally had a freeze, which means that probably Friday uh, I'm going to have to chop back my bananas and take them inside. By which I mean, Crap. Kevin, I'm gonna need your help yeah. bringing them inside. I use that one in. I use that one all the way back at episode 72. So I got to come up with a new code. Turkey day two. Turkey day two. Electric boogaloo. I'm not going to put electric boogaloo on. No, it. there's too many, too many letters. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, turkey day, and then the number two, all one string of words. <laughs> so you go to productivityalchemy.com. You fill in the little place where it says to put in the badge code and it will give you the badge. Uh, the other thing you can do while you're there is find out all about badges with the, you know, there's a badge how-to and it'll explain what the badges are and, and how to get more and all that sort of thing. Yes, the yes. other thing you can find while you are there is ways to support us. The best way you can support us is not. Not. We we are fine. We're doing good. We don't yep. need anything. We will tell you if that changes. We would like you to give money to someone who needs it. Uh, many people do a Giving Tuesday thing. Yes, yes. Uh, next week, and that would be a great choice. Uh, what is our charity? So uh, Molly has asked that uh, we give that that money be donated to the Afghan Women's Organization, Refugee and Immigrant Services. Ah, yes. Um, at uh, AfghanWomen.org, um, they have. Uh, they're helping feed people. They're uh, working with refugees and immigrants, uh, particularly those who have experienced wars and persecution, mm -hmm. which is pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm looking at their website right now. They've got a um, community food hunt. Uh, they've actually got information about um, helping Afghan refugees in Canada. Excellent. Uh, who are coming to Canada. Um, all kinds of 
useful services and uh, to people who need them. Um, and I love the fact that here on their, their landing page is like right there, vision, mission, values. And you know that makes my organizational heart sing. Yes. From, you know, from a leadership and a, a you know, Mission have, statement. Having, yes. having a clear vision of what you're doing and uh, a clear mission and that sort of thing. So, um, yes. So feel free to support them and not us. Yes. Um, and that's it for this week. Yeah. Um, everybody who's in the States, I want you to have a good time uh, with the holiday. Don't be productive. Yes. Try to avoid productivity at all costs. Mm -hmm. uh, also, you know, if you can do it, avoid shopping in yes. the big places because it's going to be, A, it's going to be a madhouse. Be your feeding the machine. Yes, and, uh, um, the poor people who have to be at work on Black Friday do not do. Uh, yeah, they've started. They've started edging it so bad into like Thursday night. Uh, so, Target yeah. is not doing that. I asked one of the people. Uh, really? Said, uh, I don't know if all the targets aren't doing it, but the one that I went to, he was like, "Yeah, we're not doing that anymore." And I'm like, "Oh, good." He's like, "Yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. still open Friday." So anyway, yeah. yes. So there's all that. Um, thank you for listening. And uh, after, if if you are not enjoying the holiday and are working or whatever, um, do your best to, um, you know, stay productive. And if you're not working but not enjoying the holiday, then uh, have you considered video games and social media and ignoring your relatives? Uh, can I do that? I'm not going to stop you. Right on. <laughs>